This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, January the 10th, 2021, with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, with the message entitled, What Do I Have? Praise team will start off the service singing, Raise a Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy.
Come on, shout hallelujah. Shout it again. Now shout, shout. Shout it where you can hear it. I do the song again. I don't know, I just feel the spirit. God wants to do something, amen? A little bit of tightness in here this morning. Loosen up. Let it go. Look at your neighbor smile. Now tell them everything will be all right. Everything will be good. Amen. Oh, I remember people kept a foul spirit trying to come against anything the church was trying to do today. Amen. Let's sing this song again. Let's worship the Lord. Let's shout a little. Hey, and, and I think about it when they say sing a little louder. I think it ought to get a little louder. Sing a little louder. Get a little louder. I think it ought to get a little louder every time she says sing a little louder. Don't you think so? Hey, let's worship the Lord. But David, one more time, I need that Come on, worship. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a
a melody. Heaven comes to fight for me. In the presence of my enemy.
like a sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of symphony to my ears. It's like holy water, Lord, forgive me. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like the sound of symphony to my ears. It's like holy. doing bulletins again so if you don't have one I think they're outside you can probably pick up one so bulletins are right there if you need one so we appreciate uh, everyone I understand that the case sends them out in the mail to people that's, that's, uh, that she sends them to that sometimes can't come to church because of sickness or one thing but anyway we appreciate that also bulletin can be a ministry can it not Amen. So we appreciate that. Appreciate everyone today. I was going to sing a song, but just don't feel the you know, heart right now to sing. God's good in What do you have? Look at your neighbor and say, what do you have? That's what we're going this morning. What do you have? God wants us to take what we have and use it for his glory. Amen. We all going to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with the ministry that I gave you? God's going to, we're going to answer one day. So what do you have? And I believe what you have, you need to use it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter six, verse 34 through 43 is where we're going this morning. Mark chapter six, verse 36, chapter six, verse 34. The Bible says, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Verse 35 says, and when the day was now far spent, they'd been with him all day. His disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. Now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and go into the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. I like what Jesus said in verse 37. He answered them and said unto them, give ye them to eat. Jesus saying, I know they don't have anything to eat. They've been with us all day long. They're probably tired and probably weary, so give them something to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 pennies worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. In other words, Jesus said, go see what you got, fellas, and just, you know, let's, let's analyze what we got and we'll see if we can't use it in some way. And when they knew, they said, five and two fishes. 
In other words, we have five loaves of bread and we have two fishes. Lord, that's all we have. And he commanded them to make all sit down by the companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. In other words, he had different churches sitting out there to have some with 50 in it, some with hundreds in it. You know, so God, he knows what he's doing. Verse 41, and when he has taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fishes divided he among them all. Now, notice what it says. When he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up, he gave God praise, he gave God thanks. He looked up and blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it. You see, that's what God does with us. He blesses us, he breaks us, and then he gives us, amen? So whatever, whatever you have for the Lord this morning, what God wants me to tell you is uh, he's already blessed you, uh, he's already broken you, uh, now he wants you to give uh, that that you have for the glory of God. Is that all right? The Bible says in verse 42, and they did all eat and were filled. Can you imagine? Now, Mark don't point the fact out here, but what was going on here, there was, the Bible declares there were five men, including the wives and the children. So God didn't only feed 5,000 people at that particular time with those five loaves and two fishes. He probably fed somewhere between the neighborhood of 15 and 20,000 people because wives and children, some had one child, some had no child, some had four children, some might have five or six. We don't know exactly how many people that Jesus fed that day with five loaves and two fishes, but we know this, it was in the thousands. So what God's saying this morning is, what do you have? And that that you do have, give it unto me. Give back to me what I've given to you and I guarantee you I'll bless it in the holy name of Jesus. Verse 43, and they took up. Now listen to this. They only had five loaves and two fishes. And when you think of a loaf of bread, you, I think of that Marita bread that's wrapped up in that, in that package. You got about 24, 25 slices of it. But can I tell you this? This was a little boy. He brought lunch that day for himself. So I guarantee you he didn't have five great big loaves of bread. He probably had five little biscuits-like things. And they called it loaves. So I'm saying, what I'm saying is, uh, it won't that abundance of bread is what we think when we think of a loaf of bread. Uh, I'm thinking of just, probably just a biscuit-sized thing here. Uh, so God took that, or Jesus took that, uh, the five, the five loaves of bread, uh, the five biscuits or whatever, and he broke them and the fish and he gave it to all those thousands of people and he told them don't let nothing go to waste. He said, I want you to go back and pick up the fragments that are left. And the Bible says in 43, and they took up 12 basketful of the fragments and of the fishes. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. I'm going to tell you something. God can take little and make much out of it. Amen. The heck, holidays are gone. I just noticed this morning Christmas tree's gone. I think y'all took it down Friday night and I absolutely totally forgot it. I'll just be honest with you, I forgot it. I didn't just stay out because I didn't want to be here. I just absolutely hadn't even thought about no Christmas tree or decoration or nothing being up nowhere. But I just plum tea forgot it. And I'm sorry about that. But nevertheless, the holidays are all, are, for, for most of us, is back to the business as usual. That's where we are. Now we're back to business as usual. Except for school, they're still shutting schools down, still doing all this kind of mess of going on. But the new year lies ahead of us and we step out into the future one day at a time. 
we know that Jesus is already here. Can I get an amen? He has prepared the way before us and he is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We are assured that, th that, though, that through the power of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost, we will continue this journey through life uh, victorious. Somebody glad you got victory this morning. Yeah, you got some praise. I'm glad I got victory this morning, amen? As we look at the coming year, we hope and we hope with hope and faith, and we hope that we know that God is our faith is faithful. But there is always the concern of what this year will hold in store for each of us. We don't have a clue. I don't know what 2021 holds in store, but I do know this: as long as I look to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. As long as I have faith and trust in Him and walk the path He wants me to walk, at the end of the day, everything's going to be all right. I'm not worried about 20. 21 because I'm in the hands of God and when you're in the hands of God you ain't got to worry about nothing because he is the one that's going to bring you through everything comes your way anyway Glory to God. God's good so we have no promise of tomorrow in this life we don't know what the future holds it is so very uh, uh, it's so very comforting or confronting uh, to know uh, or comforting to know uh, that Jesus walks beside us uh, and that he is uh, our great shepherd uh, who cares for and provides for the needs uh, of his sheep. Uh, amen. Jesus saw these folk uh, as, a, as, as a sheep without a shepherd. Uh, so he came and he ministered to him. Uh, so I'm glad this morning uh, that Jesus don't walk by my side. Uh, he walks in front of me. Uh, I follow him uh, everywhere he goes today. Amen. I remember as a small child, my granddad would be out doing something. I'd be walking behind him. And wherever he put his footstep, I'd try to put my footstep. Now, back in those days, when he took a step, he took a step. I had to almost jump to get to the next step because I was only six, seven, eight years old. But I remember trying to put my footprint in his footprint everywhere he went. Amen. When I was walking behind him, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one's done that, but I don't believe it because I hear other folks saying that they tried the same thing. Let me tell you something. That's what Jesus wants us to do today. He wants us to put our foot in his footprint. He wants us to walk where he's walking. He wants us to do what he's doing. He wants us to talk what he's talking. In other words, what have you got? He wants you to use for the divine glory of Almighty God. Walk in His footprints, you'll never be, you'll never go wrong. So aren't you glad to be part of God's family today? The 23rd Psalm says it all in the very first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the desert country around Galilee, at the time of Christ, there were multitudes of people who faced each passing year with fear and dread of what the future would hold for them. But these people didn't have the hope that, that you and I have today because they had no shepherd to lead and guide each of them through, the, through life and to provide for their every need. You see, Jesus saw that they were hungering and they were thirsting after words of righteousness. But the, this, these hungry people had no faithful spiritual pastor to feed them with knowledge and understanding. They didn't have that in that day. The scribes, the Pharisees were supposed to lead them and guide them. But these men who were to be their shepherds were blinded by their own sin and self-righteousness. Amen. Let me tell you something, folks. There's still people like that in the world today. It's all about them, who they are, and what they can get out of it. 
is up. And I got news for you. If you're in the ministry for the for the money, you need to step out now. Get out of the way and let God take those that are true, divine, anointed of God and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with absolute truth, not doubting anything today. Somebody shout praise the Lord. I've only had a few pastors in my life. One, two, three. I've had three pastors in my life. All of them were good. There was a time or two I didn't like what they were doing or what they were saying. I remember being at Brother Grant's house one night, and I said, Brother Grant, I'm going to lay my salvation down on the table. I'll be right back. He lived about three blocks from, from the pastor. I said, I'll be right back. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go straight to the pastor out. I was just a young boy, married, had a little boy, about 21, two, somewhere in the neighborhood. You see, church was divided. It's this group and that group. And when I told him that, he looked at me. He wasn't my daddy, but he was. He was my spiritual father. He looked at me with such righteous indignation that come up in him. He said, boy, let me tell you one thing you don't never do. I said, what's that? You don't never lay your salvation down for nothing or nobody. You understand me? You never laid that down. You might not be able to pick it back up when you get through. That makes sense? I know how it is. Uh, you know, I've, I've had three pastors. I was going to straighten him out. And I was talking to him one day. And I said, do you know what? I said, pastor, I have figured out my problem. He said, what's your problem? You see, there was a family that ruled and reigned. And there was a family that was trying to do their best to just do what God wanted them to do. Jealousy and envy and strife and all that stuff build up. So I said, I said, Pastor, I figured out what the deal was. I said, I know what my problem is. He said, what is it? I said, I married the wrong little girl. I said, if I had married a little girl on that side, I'd be in top-knop shape right now. You know what that pastor did? He agreed with me. He said, you're probably right. That's what he told me. I said, wow. So, Why'd I say all that? I don't know. It just come up and God told me to put it out there, so I did. But sometimes, you know, you can't, you got pastors that really, and I'm not saying he was bad, not saying anything like that. But he's the one that when I went to him and said, I'm, God's called me to preach. He said, no, you need to teach. I said, no, he's called me to preach. No, you need to teach. I went to him three or four times. I said, God's called me to preach. He said, no, you don't know. You need to teach. I said, okay, that's fine. So God moved me, amen. God moved me into a place. Uh, and when I went to the man, I said, look, God is, God's called me to preach. Uh, he said, he has. Are you sure? I said, yes, sir. He went to work on it right then and helped me and started right there in Selma, North Carolina. And here I am back down here now in Pine Level, North Carolina. And I don't know what God's got in store for me, but I do know this. I know as long as I look to Jesus, Christ preached the truth without doubt, without fear, and I stand for the word of God, he's going to stand for me. Can I get an amen? But if I'm wishy-washy up and down and in and out, back and forth, then I won't even have God on my side. Let me tell you something. I'd rather have God on my side than the whole entire world on my side. Because if I got God, everything's okay. But if I lose God, what have I gained today? Not a cotton-picking thing. Ooh, I have to watch that cotton-picking. Their spiritual leaders were not leaders at all. That's what the church needs today. The church needs leaders uh, that are stand up uh, as men and women of God, not men and women of self, uh, but men and women of God, and use what they have for the glory of God. Yeah. That's what God's looking for. They were false teachers and men who saw only for gain and for the reverence of men, uh, for the position that they held. 
Look at me, what I got, look at me, look who I am. This is what I do, this is who I am, amen? Well, I got news for you, got news for me. I ain't nothing at all without the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. I'm pastor of a church, I ain't, that ain't no bragging rights. What bragging rights do I have just to say I'm a pastor of a church? No, it's not that I'm a pastor of a church, but it's that I'm anointed man of God doing what God wants to do, walking where God wants me to walk, and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing I gotta brag on, who he is in me, not a thing to worry about who I am this morning. Because they had no shepherds, the people of Israel were ready to perish for lack of knowledge. There was no spiritual food being given to them in their synagogues. There was no refreshing move of the Holy Ghost in their lives. They were left destitute and hopeless and there, and there seemed to be no way out for them whatsoever. But then into their lives walks the man of Galilee. Got no hope at all, but all of a sudden, the man from Galilee, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, he was a teacher, a preacher, a minister, a prophet, or someone who came like a breath of fresh air, air in the hungry souls of the hopeless lives of the people of Israel, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You know what America needs today? America needs that, that same fresh air today that Jesus Christ, that, that America will allow him to walk up into our lives, walk up into our government, walk up into everything we have because he is the government. The government rests upon his shoulders and he can be like a breath of fresh air if we just turn loose let go and let him have his way in Jesus name the fame of Jesus was spread far and wide oh you got to come see a man he told me everything about my life and he ain't never seen me before but here he is I tell you you need to come see a man the woman at the well church the church would have never had nothing to do with her Jesus said, where's your husband? He said, I ain't got one. He said, you're right. Well, you've had five, but the one you're with now is not your husband. Amen? How many know living together ain't right if you ain't married? Some of you do. I was talking with somebody this week. I met a couple this week, and I was talking to them. They're partners. I said, so you guys are partners? Yeah. How long have you been partners? About five years. Really? We got a four-year-old daughter. I looked at them right strange. I said, you got a four-year-old daughter? I said, how in the world did y'all have a four-year-old daughter? One of them looked at me and laughed and said, well, well you, know, you know how it is. I said, yeah, I know how it is. I said, let me tell you this. Exactly what I told them. I said, you know, I have to let you know that it's not right. Now, I'm not judging you. I'm not cutting you down. I'm not putting you down. Love you with the love of the Lord. But being a minister as I am with Jesus Christ in my life, I have to let you know that what you're doing is not right. But I will not judge you. I love you both. And I left it at that. And you know, they never said anything hostile to me. They never said nothing out of the way with me. They respected, they respected what I said to them. Because I do, I'm not judging them, even though I know it's wrong. I'm not gonna pass judgment on them. I'm not gonna cut them down. Because if I do that, the first thing I got to get them to do is to recognize who Jesus Christ is, amen. 
I got to let them recognize that I'm not against what I'm not against them. I'm just against what they're doing, and I need to let them know that I love them. Once they sense the love, of, the love of God in me that's going for them, then then I can begin to minister a little bit stronger and stronger. But a lot of people will not even talk to it. A lot of people will not even want to confront it. A lot of people won't say anything. They're gonna just walk away and talk about them after they leave. And when they talk about them, it ain't gonna be good. What you need to do is talk to them face to face and let them know what the deal is and let them know what the word of God says and let them know it's not wrong, it's abomination of God and we just need to keep ministering the way, that we, the, way the word wants us to minister and let people know that it's not right and Jesus Christ is there to save their souls. That's an amen. What do you have? God, God wants you to use what you have. How many people here got a mouth? You need to use it for God instead of use it for all this other junk that's being used for. Amen? Somebody help me out. I will lead up along. His name had become well known, and everyone knew that this man was different. How I many know you got to be different when you're out there in the world? The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. In other words, you have to stand alone sometimes. You're going to have to look, you're going to have to look foolish sometimes. You're going to have to look crazy sometimes. You're going to have to be all alone sometimes because you're the only one in some crowd sometimes that's standing for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he recognizes and what he does. And when you do that, a lot of times you'll be on your own. But I got news for you. Even though you seem like you're on your own, you ain't got to worry about it. That's already three more with you. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, He'll give you what you need. He'll help you with the time up there that you're there. And he'll help you when you walk away. You know you've done something for the glory of God. He was different. This was not a scribe who only cared for his own fortunes. This man called Jesus was different. He was a man who had compassion, a man who had answers for their questions. He was a man who actually practiced what he preached. If you're not going to walk the talk, then don't talk the walk. Did I say that right? If you ain't going to walk the walk, don't talk the talk. There you go. I preached that message one time. I might dig it out and try to preach it again. If you're not going to walk the walk, don't try to talk the talk. Because how many know you can't talk about something you don't know nothing about? Get yourself in trouble. When I'm talking to people sometimes, I'll, I'll be talking to carpenters, I'll be talking to plumbers, I'll be talking to, to, to electricians, I'll be talking to different ones about different things, uh, people that work on air conditioning, I talk to them uh, and they start talking to me. I say, whoa, 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 I don't understand a thing in the world you're saying. I don't understand nothing that you're telling me. I, I can't figure out what you're saying, but I can tell you this, uh, I can stand here and talk paint with you all day long. I know paint, I know what paint does, I know how it reacts, I know how to use it, I know how to do those things. I said, but if you talk paint, I can talk to you. But if you talk automotive mechanics. I can't talk a whole lot, just a little bit. So I don't try to make myself into a mechanic if I'm not one. I don't try to be an air conditioner man if I'm not one. I'm a Vietnam vet this morning, but I've never been to Vietnam. I've never claimed to be a Vietnam vet because I don't deserve the title like Brother Danny Pittman does that went and fought war for me. I don't deserve the title even though I was in the military. I don't accept that because I haven't done what I need to do to receive the title of being a Vietnam vet today. Some people try to be a lot of things they ain't. God's fixing to break us down where we really are. Because I believe in my spirit and my heart this morning God's going to bring us back to our knees. I believe that with all my heart. God's getting ready to do that. 
He was a man who actually practiced what he preached. His words were powerful, informative, refreshing to the soul. His words brought hope, newness of life that every man longed for. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be a refreshing air to everybody we come to. Our words should be powerful. It should be informative. It should be refreshing to the soul. We should bring hope and newness of life to everywhere we go that people are longing for and don't even know they're longing for it. There's people sitting in churches today that are dead and don't even know they're dead. Spiritually. Speaking. They're in church today, dead, and don't even know they're dead. But my Bible tells me to examine myself. And I believe I need to examine myself daily to see if I'm still walking in the faith of God where I need to be walking. Somebody help me out, it's the truth. And so we see that Jesus and his disciples have come to a desert place in the hills to find a place of solitude, the multitudes. They felt a little overwhelmed by the crowds of people who were always thronging around Jesus. Now, notice what, notice, notice this. They, the disciples, they were feeling a little bit overwhelmed because of the people that was always thronging around Jesus. Can I tell you this? It didn't bother Jesus one bit. Matter of fact, the more people, the more compassion he had. The more people, the more ministry he had. The more people, the more truth he had. The more people, the more life he had. It didn't bother him a bit. It just bothered the disciples. And I think about that. You know, when things begin to happen in churches, it begins to bother people. <laughs> I might better leave that one alone too. Well, I mean, it's the truth. Let me go ahead and throw this out. There's a rumor running out, a little bit of a rumor, I think it is, that somebody might want to impeach me. Just being honest with you, I'm not afraid of it. I mean, if you're talking, you're doing the junk, you want to impeach me? You know, I'm in the hands of God. And whatever God wants, whatever God wants, is exactly the man you're going to do, what God wants him to do. Ain't no man this side of glory is going to hinder me from doing what God wants me to do. Is that okay? So if you're rooming it around, don't rumor it. Come to me. Let me know. Tell me. That hit like a rock hitting a lake. But it's the truth. You see, I don't hide things, folks. I don't, I don't play the game. I don't play people, people. I don't play people games, church games. I am what I am, who I am in Jesus Christ. That's what he called me to do. He called me to pastor a church, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, some of you are tight right now, but it's okay. You can be all right. The need of the people of Israel was so very great and their only answer was in Jesus Christ. And everywhere they went, the crowds would follow him. America right now, we need Jesus Christ more than we need anything else in our life. And what we need to do, we need to find out where he is and that's where we need to go in multitudes of multitudes that we can settle down and do exactly what Christ wants us to do. Sick, hurting, diseased, and dying people filled the land. And when they found out that the man who could heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, and deaf ears was coming their way, it wasn't long before a large crowd, multitude of people, many people, would gather around him because they were hungry for the 
of Almighty God. You know what's wrong with America? We ain't hungry no more. We'll feel to hear. We don't want to hear it no more. That's all we hear. No. I want somebody to stand and tell me the truth until Jesus comes back. Amen. You see, Jesus is still the only answer today for the hunger and the thirst in mankind. In our own world, there are multitudes of people that go about their daily lives without a shepherd. How many attend churches, synagogues, and temples who were in, is, where there is a form of religion but no power? Religion won't get you nowhere. You can have all the religion you want, but if you ain't got salvation, you ain't got nothing with Jesus. How many are being led by blind guides who are no different from the blind scribes and the Pharisees of Israel? How many will attend church today and not hear a message that even mentions the blood of Jesus Christ or his sacrifice upon the cross or his death or his burial resurrection? How many will attend church today that is never mentioned? How many will be afraid to show at church and observe a realistic ceremony? How many will be faithful to show to show at church to be at church uh, and observe a real a realistic ceremony that only covers the cancer of sin but brings no cure for deliverance? How many will attend church where the name of Jesus isn't even mentioned, uh, where no message of salvation is ever given, uh, and where the sin sickened spiritual thirsty soul will never find deliverance? I'm glad this church ain't like that. Amen. Amen? Because we know who Jesus is. We know about his death, burial, and resurrection. We know all about that. We know about the second coming. We know it's coming soon. And there ain't many times I don't mention something about the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified and what we have through his crucifixion this morning. That's conditioned our world just, just as much as it was for Israel so long ago. We're in the same condition. We, we, we still need Jesus. We must have the, the word of God to go forth in power and anointing. There is nothing else that will satisfy the soul like Jesus. When Jesus looked out over the crowds who came to him on those hills that day, it is no surprise that he was moved by, with compassion for them. I thank God for his love this morning of mankind. Where would we be without, without, without where would we be today without Jesus Christ? He is our deliverance. We have to find him because he is our deliverance in this total trouble world we're living in today. So where would we be without the love of God? Jesus looked at these people, the sick, the hunger, the thirsty, and he saw much more than just people who needed a little food or some water to drink. Jesus saw people who needed a shepherd. There's a lot of people wondering this morning needing a shepherd. Amen? People who needed a savior. That's why Jesus had come to this earth, to supply the need that no man could feel. Nobody can do you like Jesus. Nobody can give you what Jesus can give you. Amen. I have often heard the stories of great church crusades and church meetings that have been held around the world. It's so wonderful to hear of those in, in other countries that will walk for hours to hear the gospel day after day because they are so hungry to know more about God. It is so refreshing to hear of people who will pay a price of sacrifice, suffering, just to get where the word is being preached. I don't see much of that in America today because we take it a lot for granted. I remember in 2008, we went over to Honduras on a mission field, on a mission trip. And we went in to teach pastors. There was some, I can't remember now, it was 21, 2, 3, or 20, 31, 2. Anyway, it was between 30, 20 and 30 preachers, 25 and 30 preachers. 
Some of them preachers traveled five, six, and seven days to get where we were. Some of them walked through wilderness. Some of them got on little canoe boats and, and took the stream as far as they could take it, got off that and walked through the woods. It took them five, six, seven days to even get where we were. But they wanted to come. They were that hungry. Let me tell you something, America. Let me tell you something, church. You know what God's getting ready to do? God's ready to put, getting ready to put us back on our knees. God's getting ready to let us know what it is to do without. Look out, preacher. You're talking too much. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. We've strayed so far. And I'm talking about America. America strayed so far from God. God's fixing to bring her back to her needs. I'm glad I know him this morning. Amen. Amen. The problem in, is that we are hungry and don't know it. We are thirsty and dry and we don't realize that the things of this world won't feel that hunger or quench that thirst. We fail to remember that our only hope is in Jesus. Is that all right? The disciples noticed the hunger and the thirst of the people too, but they felt powerless to do anything for them. They desired to feed the people to see their needs met, but there was a problem. Just like any true shepherd or pastor or and for any who would work for the Lord, they cared for the people and wanted to help them. But like every minister, there is always that knowledge that we are not able to give the people what they need. All I can do is point them to Jesus. He is their answer, not me. He provides their need, not me. Amen. But I can tell you this. When I go to somebody, I go to them for prayer. I know already in my heart and in my soul that they are prayer warriors for the Lord. I know they can't give me what I need, but they can help me bombard heaven until heaven comes down and blesses me with what I need. Amen. Sometimes you can't do it by yourself. Sometimes you get to the point you can't even pray. I've been so sick in life sometimes when I had Legionella. I didn't even, I didn't even have a desire to pray. I was depending on the prayers of others. But let me tell you this this morning. When I go and I need prayer from somebody, you rest assured Brother Frank, I know not just anybody is going to lay hands on me. I want that anointed man or woman of God that's in tune with God that when they pray, heaven opens up and listens to everything they say. I know they can't give me what I need, but I know they know the one that can give me what I need. And the Bible says when two come together and agree, Ooh. somebody shout praise the Lord. In verse 37, he answered and said unto them, go ye Go ye them to eat, or give them ye to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred pennies worth of bread and give them to eat? Jesus knew they didn't have what they needed. Jesus knew that two hundred pennies worth of bread ain't going to feed five thousand men plus their women and children. Jesus knew what the disciples had. He knew they didn't have the finance to go and buy enough food for such a large crowd. Surely Jesus was aware of their limited funds and he knew that they had brought, they had bought nothing, brought nothing to eat with them. Absolutely nothing. At least not nearly enough. Why did he even tell them to feed the people when he knew what their limitations were? Jesus is always teaching. He's always teaching. Some people say, well, I don't, wanna, I don't understand why I'm going through this. If you just keep your eyes on the Lord, he's teaching you something. In the midst of, uh, you can think of the, of the, 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 the biggest 
whatever it is you want to call it, problem or, or biggest need, whatever happened or the biggest, biggest chaos in your life or, or the most dangerous thing in your life, if you look down deep into it enough, don't just look at the surface of it, look down deep into it enough, you'll see the hand of God moving and God showing you and teaching you. My first church I pastored, I was on a mission field for two years trying to organize a church and then went to a church. My first church I pastored, on there too long. I got a call one night about 9, 8, 9, 9.30. Her son got off work. I can't remember now where he worked at. He worked at one of the fast food places there in Greenville. I got a call. 18 years old, I believe it was, 19. I got a call. She said, Pastor Barbie. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my son was just killed in a car accident. 18, I think, 18 or 19, somewhere in the neighborhood. So I got things ready, my wife got things ready, and I went to the house. I knocked on the door. She looked at me as, as serious as she could be, as humble as she can be. When I opened the door, she looked at me and she said, why did this happen? Now, I'm just a young boy. And she looked at me and she said, why did this happen? I said, honey, I ain't got you why. I don't have the answer for you. I don't understand. But I do know this. God knows everything. And, and, and there are times, let me tell you something, there are times people don't want to hear that. They just flat out don't want to hear that at all. I said, I don't know the why. I don't have the answer. But I can tell you this. God knows everything. He sees the whole picture. So instead of asking why, why don't you just say, God, what, what, what? What are you trying to teach me here? What do I need to know? What do I need to understand? I don't understand. It's not a matter of why. It's a matter of what. God, what are you showing me? Well, this is my 18, 19-year-old baby, and he's gone. He's not here no more. I said, I know. I don't understand that. I don't know the whys, but I can tell you this. Search God out. And God will help you through all this. He'll give you what you need to get you through this. Well, he did, I guess. But I can guarantee you this. My mama died in 1993, 27 years ago. 27. Is that what it was? 27. 28 now. Coming on 28 years. There's not many days go by that I don't think about my mama. Something happened or I crossed something that would remind me of her. 27 years ago. I'm still, and I guarantee you, today, if she's living, she still thinks about that 18, 19-year-old son that lost his life at an early age. But I want to believe in my heart and in my spirit that God has helped her and brought her through this. And even though the hurt ain't gone away, she has searched out God and God's helped her console her and give her peace over what's taking place. Because she kept coming to church, and that was a great thing. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> you see, we're never able to perform the work of the Lord within our own power. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your abilities are never enough. My abilities is never enough. 
Your knowledge is never enough. Your provision is never enough. We must trust in God and have faith in his power to provide our need. Verse 38, he saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said five loaves, five and two fishes. The Lord was not shaken. Listen to me. The Lord was not shaken by their lack of faith. He understood that his disciples still looked through the eyes of flesh and that they could only think of what they could do in their own ability to feed the people. But Jesus took them one step further. He told them to find out what they did have. Can I tell you something? That's what God's telling me. He's saying, son, you find out what you have because we're getting ready to take you to the next level, but you need to find out what you have so you know what you got so we can start progressing and moving to the next level. How many want to move to the next level today in the church? I said, how many want to move to the next level today? Okay. So he told them to find out what they had so he could use it to meet the needs of the people. Those disciples found a young boy in the crowd who had bought a lunchbox with a few fish and some biscuits, so to speak. It was probably just enough to keep, the boy, keep that boy from getting hungry. It's amazing to me this morning how that with such a big crowd of people, over 5,000, the Bible said 5,000 men plus their wives and children, it's amazing to me that our 5,000 men, that no one had, enough, had even thought of pack, to pack a lunch to bring in any water whatsoever. And they thought about bringing anything to eat. And then you wonder, they were so hungry, they were so thirsty, that the spiritual food that Jesus offered that they might ignore and forgot about the needs of the flesh. They were that hungry for the word of God. They were that hungry and thirsty to, to have the wisdom and learn more about God and the things of God and salvation, who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about. They were so hungry and thirsty for him, they hadn't even thought about the flesh. Amen? The, 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 I told you last week, the bishop wants us to be fasting from, from, from January the 4th to January the 24th. Fourth, fourth, I think it is. He wants us to be fasting during this period of time and talking to the Lord and asking God to help us, asking God to have revival, asking God to have revival in us, pray for our personal needs and all these other things and pray that we're going to have victory and pray we're going to be blessed and God's going to do all great kinds of things. That's what we need to be doing is fasting and praying for the glory of God. Oh, oh, that we could get that hunger for Jesus. The word of God that we hear preached is the same word that Jesus spoke that day. How many believe that? The power of God to heal, deliver, is just as real today as it was then. The power of God to fill the hungry heart, the thirsty soul is just as strong today as it was then. Jesus has not changed his power to provide has not changed whatsoever today. What has changed is that we aren't hungry enough or thirsty enough anymore. We are more concerned about getting to the restaurant ahead of the crowds than we are about getting our, our soul fed. Well, not as much so today because of COVID-19. You don't see restaurants being filled up like they, are, like they were at one time. But, but people sitting in churches could not hardly wait to get out. Man, I wish they'd hush. I got to get to the restaurant before the other crowd gets there. Let me tell you something. When you cut Jesus off, you cut your life off. How I many know the Lord needs to be able to go as long as he wants to go? I know one preacher used to preach out of Columbus, Ohio. I went up there a few times and he'd always make an announcement just before he began to preach sometimes. He said, if you're on medication, you have to take that medication at 10.30. I want to let you know it's about time for you to take your medication. 
He said, if you get hungry, you got to go eat. Just get up, slip out, go eat. Everything's going to be all right. But we're going to let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do. Amen. Help me out, somebody. You see, we're more concerned about drinking in the entertainment and the things of this world than we're about drinking in that presence of the Holy Ghost. There's people more interested in their telephone and in their iPads than they are anything else. They've got to keep up. It gets a lot of people in trouble. Amen. Trump won't get in trouble no more. They banded him, totally banded him. He don't have a right to, to tweet or he tweeted. He don't have a right to none of that stuff no more. They banded him, period. Some people say that's a good thing. Well, they didn't ban Iran. They didn't ban Korea. They didn't ban all these other countries that's, that's saying death to America and all these kinds of things. They didn't ban them, but they banded our own president. That lets you, you know what that tells me? After a while, they're going to ban you. Because they're going to get to the point they control. The media controls what goes out and what comes in. And all you're going to hear about is what the media wants you to hear about. Huh? Come on. I believe that belongs to is a little pressure. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't know about you this morning. I stay hungry. Spiritually, I'm hungry all the time. They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And when I feel like I'm getting filled, you know what I do? I, I try to use what I got so I, can get, so I get empty and I can get filled again because I don't want to never stop getting thirsty or hungry for more of Almighty God in my life. Amen. What they found among themselves wasn't nearly enough, but it was the seed from which Jesus would perform miracles. The seed. See, a lot of people eat their seed. Amen? And all you got to do is plant the seed. How I many of you plant the seed, you, you stand a chance of getting a butter crop or getting a crop at all? Some people, some people spend their tithes. That's just a seed. That's God's from the very get-go. That's not even a question about do I tithe or not. Pastor, what's tithe? That's 10% of what you get. Wait a minute. That's a whole lot of money. Well, would you rather live on the 10% or live on the 90%? Somebody help me out. I've seen it happen both ways. Don't eat your seed. Plant it for the glory of God. Little by little, piece by piece, Jesus began to break away pieces of bread and fish. The more he broke off the, and gave away, the more was that was left. Let me tell you something. The more he broke off and gave, the more that was left. What a miracle that must have been. Jesus didn't take that fish and turn it into great big giant whales that would have, that have been enough for everyone at once. He didn't, he didn't turn those five loaves into bread of a supermarket filled place with bread so that everyone could just take as much as they wanted. No, little by little, piece by piece, Jesus would, would take a piece and give it away until all 5,000 men plus their wives and children were filled. Amen. Let's take a lesson from this this morning, from this miracle of Jesus. Everything you have, the more of God you give away, the more you get back. The more seed you plant, the more crop you get. You'll never do anything for God that God will return bless you today. We'll never sufficient within ourselves, but we must let Jesus use what we have and who we are to perform his work in the enriching souls for the kingdom of God. Use what you got. I may not sing like a bird, but I can make a noise like a crow. Amen. Let me tell you this. What can God do with the voice of a crow? He can make it sound like the voice of an angel. If he wants to use my feeble ability to reach into the heart of a man or a woman and draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he can do. He can use you. There ain't no excuse for God. I'm not a great artist. 
I can't hardly draw my breath. I know I can't hardly draw a picture. But God, take, he can take my feeble talent and break it in, in pieces uh, and use it to win souls. Uh, I've seen a lot of art that sometimes uh, that I know I could have done, drawn much better. And it worth thousands of dollars. I see people now that just taking a, a brush. I should have went into art. He'd take a brush and dip it in the paint, pick it up, and sling it. Get another color, pick it up, sling it. And just make a mess on the sheet. Put it in a frame. Go to an auction, sell it for thousands of dollars. I said, now you know I can paint better than that right there. That would disturb me because when I paint, I want it to be right. I want everything to be right. I don't want no runs, I don't want no junk. I, want, I have a sand between every coat. I have to make sure it's good and when I'm through, it's gotta be smooth, everything's gotta be right. So I would be troubled, even as an artist, to put it down in that thing and just make no sense to me. But it's worth thousands of dollars. I guarantee you I could do one. Put my name at the bottom of it. You couldn't give the sucker away. Nobody wouldn't have it. What is this? Why? Who is this guy, Jerry Barbie? Oh, he's the pastor down at Pine Level. Oh, so he's not, a, he, he's not one of those great artists. No, he's not an artist at all. But this is his artwork. And all they say is we can tell he's not an artist. That's what they'd be saying. Amen. But if that's what I've got and I use it for the glory of God, God's going to bless it. Amen? It's like a little five-year-old sitting in Sunday school one Sunday morning. Sunday school teacher had them all drawing a picture. They said, just, just draw a picture of what, you, what, what you're thinking about right now. If you're, thinking about, if you're thinking about Jesus, if you're thinking about a house, if you're thinking about disciples, you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about, just draw the picture. So she walks around, she starts looking at them, and she sees this little girl, she's drawing the face of a man, and she said, honey, said, who are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing God. She said, you are? She said, yeah. She said, well, teacher said, well, honey, you got to understand something. Nobody knows what God looks like. She looked at the teacher, just serious. She said, they do now. <laughs> That's where her heart was at, five years old. Nobody don't know what it looks like. She said, they do now. I've drawn you a picture of it. Mm. Amen. Now, that didn't do a whole lot at that particular time. But guess what? It's been told and told and told and told and told that a five-year-old had her heart set on God. She was drawing a picture of God. Whatever you have, whoever you are, whatever you can do, no matter how small it may seem in, the eye, in your eyes or in the eyes of the world, it can be used to perform a miracle if we surrender it to, into the hands of Almighty God our Lord. Amen? It can be. If that boy would have kept his fish and kept his chips or his bread and not allowed the disciples or Jesus to use them, he would have been filled, but everyone else would still be hungry. The little boy could have said, no, 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 you're not getting this, this is mine. I'm the only one who brought it, I'm sorry. I'm gonna eat this and it's gonna be mine. Nope, he didn't, that ain't what he did. Because he was willing to give it away, surrender to, to be used by the master, his lunch was more than sufficient for everybody there. Just a little bag of lunch. Can you imagine what that mama thought when she, that little boy come on and told her, Mama, you ain't gonna believe what's gonna happen. You know that, that bag of lunch you fixed me today? Yeah. You ain't gonna believe what happened. Ain't nobody there had, no, had nothing to eat but me. I was the only one. And there was a crowd of people. As far as you can see, there was people. He said, I'm the only one out of that crowd that had anything to eat whatsoever. And they were hungry. He said, Mama, you know what I did? I gave them my bag of lunch. And when I gave them my bag of lunch, they took it. 
to the man that I went to see. His name was Jesus, or is Jesus. They took my, my bag to him. He opened it up. He, let me tell you something. I don't believe they took that little boy's lunch way out on that crowd and left him standing there. No, no, no. I believe they brought that little boy right up to Jesus with that little bag of lunch that he had because they wanted him to see who had the food. And there ain't no doubt in my mind. He said, Mama, you ain't gonna believe what happened. He took that bag, he opened it up. He looked up, he blessed that. He prayed over that, he blessed it. Then he began to break it. And when he began to break it, he began to give it out. Mama, he fed everybody there on this little bag of lunch that you gave me. She said, son, are you kidding me? No, 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 mom. I'm telling you the truth. Not only did he feed everybody with this, he took up 12 basketfuls after everything was said and done from that one little bag of bread and fish. That's what he did. That was his testimony. Can I tell you something? He had a testimony to the day he died that I had the lunch that fed the multitude of people because I surrendered what I had to Jesus. He took it and used it for his glory. I could have ate it myself and took the glory for it. No, no, I gave it to him. He blessed it and he received the glory and he fed everyone there. Can I tell you something? The same God who, is, who, who, who used nothing to greet everything can use something to do all things when, when, the, when the need arises. We experienced that in 2021. How you people just, just humbled yourself down, begin to seek the Lord, sought God, have faith in God, trusted in God, and God helped us pay off a $75,000 bus by the end of December, by the end of 2021. God did that. That was a change right there for you to clap and praise and glorify God. God did that. God did that because you took what you had and you used it for the glory of God. Now I'm going to tell you this, everybody that participated and everybody that gave into that or gave into anything in this church, in this ministry, anybody, anybody that's given into that, I can go ahead and tell you now to just go ahead, relax, kick back, get ready because the abundance of God is about to flow, flow open for you. He's going to open the windows of heaven and the joy of the Lord is going to flow and God's going to bless you like you ain't never been blessed before. Somebody shout praise the Lord. I'm still praying, been praying ever since I've been here. I'm still praying there's going to come a time that at the end of the year, December 31st, one year, at the end of one year, at the end of one year, God's going to bless this church so much that at the end of the year, I can look at Brother Mac and say, Brother Mac, I want you to go down the list. Everybody that paid their tithes, everybody that done what they needed to do, I want you to write a check for them and give it to them for every dime they gave this year. I want you to give it back to them in Jesus' name. That's what I'm praying for. I ain't quit praying. I believe it can happen. Come on, preacher. I believe it can happen. Some of you will say, no, no, no. I don't want it. I gave it to God. That's fine. If you don't want it, it's fine. You don't have to take it. But let me tell you what you can do. You can take it. You can pay tithes on it again. Or you can take it and you can just reverse it back into the church. That's what you can do. But it's yours to do what you want to do with it. I feel that in my spirit. That I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying often. God, bless us to the point that at the end of the year, we can give everybody back every dime that they put in that church that year and still have enough abundance to last us for the next year. That's what I'm praying for. But you know what, on top of that, God said, you're gonna have some people mad, son. I said, what you mean? He said, because there's some people that ain't gave anything, some people just gave a little. And you're gonna write them a little check when you write somebody else over here a big check and they're gonna get upset and mad. I said, well, that's not my fault, Lord, that's their fault. They ate their seeds instead of planted their seed. And when you eat your seed, you only get what you left over. Is that all right? Well, preacher, we might not be doing stuff like that because it's going to make folks mad. Let me tell you something. If, if that's the only thing that would make people mad in the church, I'd try for it every day. But that's my prayer, folks. God's going to bless us that abundantly. Amen?
when I look on TV and I see ministers that are getting up, they're having, they're having these, all these fundraisers and stuff, and they get up and people's walking up and handing them a $50,000 check. And another one handing them a $25,000 check, another handing them a $1,000 check, and another one handing them this, another one handing them that. I said, God, you ain't no respected person. <clears throat> and God says, you're right. But when you start ministering like they're ministering, then, then the need's there and I'll supply the need. Right now, the need's not there, son. So God's telling me, find out what you got because we're getting ready to go to the next level and we're going to move for the glory of God. Is that okay? Yeah. It's all right. Let me finish up here. Let me tell you something. Don't hold, don't hold it back. Don't hide your talent. Don't think you can't. Give it to God and watch him. He can do, he can do, watch him what he can do with your life this morning. There ain't no such thing as I can't with God. Amen? Come on, bring out the scripture tonight. I believe it's Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say all things. So there's nothing. There's no such thing as I can't with God because I don't serve a I can't God. I serve a God that's ready all the time and has never failed at nothing and will never fail at anything. Amen? All God wants me to do is take that step of faith and step out. Amen? Everybody stand to your feet. We're fixed to, go, we're fixed to do an order here. Brother David, you wouldn't, you and the team could come on. There may be some here this morning or some out by the way of internet who don't think God can use our lives for his glory. Perhaps you have done a, lot, done a lot of things that you aren't proud of. And you wonder if God can even forgive you. I got news for you. He can and will. Perhaps you have failed God many times and you wonder if Jesus is even willing to give you another chance. Yes, he is. <clears throat> Perhaps you've hungered and thirsted for something, but you haven't been able to find anything to satisfy. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is here and that he will take you just as you are and with, with all your faults and with all your sin and with all your doubts and fears, with all your limited time, talents, understanding, he will begin to break you, mold you, use you in small ways, then in greater ways until your life is a miracle in progress for the glory of God. That's what he can do. Don't doubt God on nothing. You, by the way of internet, don't doubt God on nothing this morning. Don't feel like you're just so lost you, 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 that he's throwed you in the trash. No, I'm glad this morning that I'm a lump of clay that he didn't throw away. I'm glad he still molded me and tightened me up and, and, put, and every once in a while he still puts pressure on me to the point I said, God, you're getting too tight. He said, no, no, listen to me. This is where you need to go. And when I humble down and say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing to roll. The pressure begins to lift off. And I say, God, please don't let me ever get to the point that I rebel. You tight me as tight as you got to get me. Until I say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I understand. I see it now, I see it clear, God. You can do all things, amen? I can do nothing, but you can do all things through me. Jesus came that your life could count. Jesus came that you could be delivered from sin and given eternal life. Jesus came to take you just as you are and he will make you into what, he need, what is needed to build his kingdom. That's what he'll do. He'll take what you've got. If you give him what you've got, he'll take what you've got and he'll use it for what is needed to build his kingdom. Because it's not about this kingdom. It's not about our kingdom. It's not about our government. It's about him and him crucified. It's not about me. It's all about him. Just surrender it all to him and watch him work in you. Folks, I'm telling you, it's a fact. It's the truth. 
When God called me to preach, I flat out said, no, can't, ain't, won't do it, will not. And for 18 months, I run as hard as I could run. One night, almost committing suicide, nerves to all the pieces, having stomach spasms like crazy. Went to the doctor and said, son, you got, you got stomach spasms. I said, okay. And all the time, I knew what it was. God called me to preach, and I wasn't willing to go. But God put the pressure on me. He said, son, this is what I got for you. This is what I want you to do. Go to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4. For I charge ye, therefore, before these, witness of God, Jesus Christ, do the work of evangelism, make full proof of your ministry, and do all this, blah, 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 all this stuff, and do reflection. Amen. All these things, what he told me I needed to do, and that's what I've been trying to do. But he put the pressure on me. He didn't force me to do nothing. He said, this is your call. You can do what you want to with it. It's up to you. And three times, the Holy Ghost spoke to me in three different places. And when the, when, the, when the tongues were spoken in, before the interpretation was ever given, God said, this is your message, son. And every time I was there, three different times, the man behind the pulpit, he interpreted. He said, I've called you, and I've called you. You'll do my work, or you'll do nothing. Three times God spoke to me. And then I said, God, I'm going to find my way out. I surfed my way out. I dug deep, Brother, Brother Thornton. I dug deep. I tried to find my way out of this thing. The deeper I got out, the deeper he put me in. And then I run across that scripture one day that says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. If God's called you, yield to it. Do what he wants you to do with it, and he'll bless you because I could hardly even speak to somebody. I walked with my head held down all the time because I felt so unworthy. I felt so low. The, my, 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 what you call, your you, you, you esteem, high esteem, low esteem, mine was below, low. Mine was below, low, low, low. I never even looked up wherever I went. And for me to even speak to you and say hello was hard for me to do. And I said, God, you called a man that can't do it. I can't, I can't even talk to people. And he said, son, you can do all things through Jesus Christ, my son, because he strengthens you. And I humbled down in an altar prayer one night after the man of God laid hands on me, didn't know me from Adam. <clears throat> he said, son, follow God. Whatever God's called you to do, just go do it in so many words. He turned me loose. I took three steps. I told you this before. I took three steps. I looked up. I said, God, if you want me, I'm still here. Sorry I rebelled, but I'm here if you still want me. And if you open the door, I promise you I'll break my back to get in. And God's opened some doors for me, Brother Frank. I didn't want to go. I said, Lord, I don't want to go there. That's, that's bad. He said, well, what did you tell me? I said, yes, sir. I said, if you open the door, I'll go in it. So here I go. And I've been in it. didn't want to go. But when I got through, I walked out blessed by God because I obeyed God. And I had to walk around my head hung down because I didn't do what the Lord wanted me to do. So if you're here this morning, if you're here by the way of internet, just look to him. He's got you answered today. He knows what you need. The altar's open if you want to come. I'm here. And others will come if you need us. Praise the Lord. Brother David, let's worship the Lord. If you hear what they're singing, by the way of internet, bow down where you are. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. He'll forgive you. And just send us an email. Send us a text. Send us something. Let us know that you've reached out. And Jesus has saved you today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's time to celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Right, celebrate Jesus. Come on. 
watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, Go to facebook.com forward slash pine level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.